somebody texted, is this true? How come you guys haven't talked to me talked about the fact that the Cash Me Outside girl has the number one song in the freaking country? What? Is that true? Is that number what? one on some chart? No, what? Taylor Swift is like number one by everything yeah, Taylor I've seen. Swift. What? Well, there's a lot of charts out there. Uh, anyway, we also got this text. Guys, find out who proposed sneaking that effing bill in that the, they tacked onto the Harvey Relief. Some funding for educating third worlders onto Harvey Relief and the debt ceiling. The, 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 the way we do legislation is mind-blowing. And it almost always screws the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. And both parties go along with it. It's under dark at night most times. Over and over and Nobody over again. Nobody ever hears about it. Yeah. Unbelievable. And the way things went down yesterday, what was that? Well, we're about to find out. Sarah Westwood, White House reporter for the Washington Examiner, joins us on the, some would say, shocking deal between uh, the president and the Democrats, the debt limit, etc. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So uh, can you give just the nickel version of what happened yesterday for folks who aren't super into the, the Beltway news? Sure. Well, Republicans, Democrats, the White House were facing a deadline at the end of September to raise the debt ceiling and to fund the government, which is, you know, end of September is when the government was going to run out of money. Republicans wanted Trump to push for a deal that would have raised the debt ceiling for 18 months, basically putting the issue off until after the midterm elections. But Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, the Democratic congressional leaders, wanted a three-month extension of the debt ceiling and a three-month continuing resolution that only funded the government to December because it would give them more leverage to negotiate for Democratic priorities. And President Trump sided with Schumer and Pelosi over leaders of his own party and authorized this three-month deal. Now, is this the author of The Art of the Deal cleverly maneuvering the pieces, playing three-dimensional chess, or did he just kind of say, all right, do you have any sense of that? Yeah, it's really unclear why President Trump did this, except that I think he's clearly been frustrated with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and the way they allowed the Obamacare repeal failure to occur earlier this summer. They don't like the, what Mitch McConnell has said about the president, that Trump doesn't really understand the legislative process. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of animosity there, and so... This is being read by some as President Trump just sort of sticking it to congressional leadership, showing them that he doesn't necessarily need them for everything, that he can make his own deals if they want to uh, try to drag his legislative agenda out. So it was petulance. It was just he was trying to stick it to Mitch and Paul because I hate negotiating and I don't take the opening offer. He, he in theory, loves negotiating Donald Trump and he took the opening offer. Well, I think that this was, for the immediate short term, this was the best way to get the debt ceiling and a continuing resolution passed quickly. Because if you tie it all in together with Hurricane Harvey relief funding, there's very few Republicans or Democrats who are going to vote against anything that has hurricane relief funding in it right now. So their hands were kind of tied. They have to support this. So it, it was maybe the quickest way to get this done, but it sets Congress up to have a pretty brutal fight in December. And at that point, keep in mind that the budget reconciliation window will have closed, which means that any spending measure Republicans want to pass will require 60 votes in the Senate, not just a simple majority, which they have now. 
they can pretty much kiss funding for the border wall goodbye at that point, and it's exactly what Democrats were counting on. Sarah, as far as you can tell, does anybody in D.C. give a crap about American families and what they need? Is that, does that ever come up? Have you ever heard that come up? Well, yeah, clearly there's no logic for tying all these three things together. Uh, you know, just in terms of filling the needs of the American people, it really is just a way to solve immediate political problems that these lawmakers were facing and having to take all these votes separately. Well, has anybody, did anybody discuss at any point why the debt ceiling exists? The whole point of it, the whole point of it is when we've reached that limit, once again, we're supposed to sit down and say, you know, what do we need to do to try to rein in our spending or to get, to get our, you know, to get our, our checkbook to balance? That didn't even come up, apparently. Right. And it's interesting because that's why conservatives were upset to begin with as, as early as last week, that there was talk of tying the debt ceiling to hurricane relief funding because they knew they weren't going to be able to vote against Harvey funding, but they wanted to be able to take the debt ceiling vote separately so that they could push for offsetting spending cuts or for broader economic reforms. And they weren't able to do that because everything is tied in together. I will say, though, we're hearing that President Trump did bring up to lawmakers that it's illogical to have to take a a debt ceiling vote so frequently because they are so meaningless and they do cause so much more damage than utility. So there was talk during that meeting yesterday of potentially reforming the way this is done so that the debt ceiling vote doesn't have to be taken annually. So, well, they should get rid of it. If they're not going to take it seriously, they should get rid of it. I've been saying that for a couple of days now. On the other hand, if they get rid of it, then that is really just, that is just we've completely given up. I mean, we're not even going to pretend that anybody cares that we overspend all the time. I kind of appreciate the honesty. Sarah Westwood, White House reporter for the Washington Examiner on the line. You're saying, Sarah? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that I think that uh, a lot of conservatives sort of have that attitude about the debt ceiling. Sure. And what we heard from a lot of staffers on the Hill yesterday was this sort of I told you so attitude about President Trump, because some of them supported Senator Ted Cruz for this precise reason, that they thought Trump wasn't personally committed to fiscal conservatism, to social conservatism, that that was just sort of something that he said to get through the GOP primary, but that if you look at his background, he was a Manhattan businessman. He was not committed to conservatism the way Republicans hoped, and they are pointing to this deal as evidence of what they argued during the primary. This is the first real sign that President Trump at its core doesn't believe in this whole conservative spiel. So it was very interesting to see that attitude coming from congressional aides. Well, yesterday. I don't want to let the Republicans, you know, off the hook, though, and make it all about Trump. I mean, from the reading of I've got, maybe you've got different reporting. Uh, Paul Ryan was was looking for an 18 month increase with with no spending constraints, with no reforms in it. He just wanted to get it past the next election. Right. That's true. I mean, when it comes well, that's more cowardly. That's more cowardly to me than what Trump proposed. That is saying we've got the biggest majority we've had in 100 years. But rather than take this moment to take on our growing debt problem, we're going to wait until after the next election. I mean, come on. What, how is that a better alternative than what Trump did siding with the Democrats? It's just so sickening. When you when you isolate the issue of the debt ceiling, I mean, you're right. Nobody at the table yesterday had a real serious proposal for what to do about it. But when you look at the picture overall, what President Trump did 
was make it so much harder for Republicans to achieve the things they say they want to achieve by the end of the year, like a like an immigration reform that goes beyond just extending DACA protections, funding for the border wall, even some of these tax reform issues, because by the time they are rolling back around to these votes where they would have had leverage at the end of September because of budget reconciliation, they won't have that anymore. They won't be able to pass anything with just 51 votes in the Senate. They'll need 60, which really limits what they're going to be able to get done. And so Trump sort of tied Republicans' hands. So, and he tied his own hands, though. Am I understanding you correctly? You think this has made it now significantly more difficult to get tax reform through? Well, yeah, beyond the fact that President Trump sapped whatever was left of his goodwill among a lot of congressional Republicans, it will be more difficult to pass tax reform because some Republicans were looking to the spending bill as the vehicle for tax reform legislation. And that would have allowed them to get it through in budget reconciliation and not to get too into the weeds. The only distinction is just that one process would only require 51 votes, meaning they could pass it just on a simple party line vote. And one would require 60 votes, meaning they'd need eight Democrats to cross the aisle. And President Trump set them up if they still want to use the budget as the vehicle for passing tax reform to have to try to convince eight Democrats to cross the aisle. That that is just going to make it harder no matter what. Sarah Westwood, White House reporter for the Washington Examiner. Sarah, great job. You're the best. Thanks a million. Thank you. Good to talk. Thanks. So if you're a Republican, this is what your end of the year scorecard is likely to look at look like. This is what got accomplished with the the the, the strongest majorities you're ever going to have in your lifetime if you're a Republican. Short up Obamacare, short up the Dreamer Act, can't do tax reform, increase the debt ceiling a number of times with no spending constraints. That's going to be your scorecard for the year uh, before you start into the next election cycle. Right. and we when, can, when you'll have less power because you're, you're going to lose seats probably. We could go into greater humiliating detail, but that's a good start of uh, you know the scorecard. <laughs> I mean, it's never going to be any better than this probably in your lifetime in terms of a number of Republicans in the in the House. You know, if you're a fan of strange stuff happening, this four years is just, you know, I hope there's no nuclear holocaust, obviously. Let's put that, uh, let's table that for for the moment. Barring that, Washington, D.C. is going to be bizarro land till the end of his term and perhaps beyond. Oh, way beyond. Way I mean, beyond. just crazy. And a lot of people voted for that. I know a lot of you said, throw in the Molotov cocktail that is the, the tangerine tornado. Into D.C., see what happens. Who gives a damn? It's a big, it's a rip-off show anyway. And I, I hope you all are happy. You're getting what you wanted. But this you is nuts. Although it may end up in everything being much worse. If you have Trump in bed with Schumer and Pelosi, I'm not sure you're getting what you hoped you'd get. How much of it was, and this is always a question to Donald Trump, how much of it was just it no strategy other than just personal I'm mad at Paul Ryan, I'm mad at Mitch McConnell, and I want them to be miserable. I'm going to punish them. That was the only thing. Because you can't explain why he didn't give them a heads up. This is my strategy. This is what I'm, I'm planning to do. What do you think? There's no there's no explanation for that. Well, and given his stated goals of either tax reform or the stupid, stupid wall discussion, can we, <laughs> can we stop 
having the stupid, <laughs> stupid conversation about the stupid, stupid wall. Oh, shut up! But whatever his, his stated goals oh, are, he's God. just made it much more difficult to achieve So them. it was just meanness. I, I, I don't know that. I, I sit ready. Come up with... Humble student of the world that any, I am. Come up with any other explanation. Well, I can't. That's the point. I'm a humble student of the world. I, 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 I remain open to enlightenment. As far as I could tell, he's uh, angry at them and wanted to punish them. Uh-huh. He just wanted to stick it to them right there in front of everybody <sighs> and make them uncomfortable. And he got he felt good about that when it was over, and that's all that mattered. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah? Well, I'm with Chuck Schumer on this one. What? Now, we'll see. We're trying to line up a fiscal conservative Congress fella, Tom McClintock. Is uh, the congressman? We're about to find out if he's available. Okay. <sighs> Unbelievable. I got to shut up. There are no fiscal hawks. I'm a, I'm a party of one. You and Justin Amash. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The big thing that people are focusing on from the book is her criticism of Bernie Sanders. She describes feeling muzzled during the primary. President Obama urged me to grit my teeth and lay off Bernie as much as I could. I felt like I was in a straitjacket, which is ironic because Bernie's the one who looks like he's a mental patient. <laughs> Joe Stalin is underneath my bed. I am saving my urine in jars to keep it from being collected by the ascended masters of the Red Squad who seek to absorb me into the hive mind. Next question. Wow, what's that? Twenty-seven dollars. Was that weird attack on Bernie out of nowhere from Colbert? <laughs> that was just odd. I um, appreciated his bizarro Bernie imitation. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I was just watching some highlights from the U.S. Open tennis tournament, which I used to be really into when I uh, followed sports back in the day, but um. My son's going to take a tennis thing tonight, first time ever. Try another sport, see oh, if like he... Like a tennis lesson? Yeah, I guess. I don't know what it is. Group lesson Beautiful seminar. game. It's, a, it's, a, <clears throat> it's a, some sort of kids tennis something or other. And his best friend's doing it, and there are no other kids doing it, so mm. it's just going to be basically him and his best friend with a teacher, I guess. That's right. fantastic. Yeah. It's a fun game. I don't yeah. know if it's the first time ever, but it's the first time in a long time on the women's side of the bracket that uh, all four of the final four people are American women. USA! USA! America. Yep. Damn right. We the best. Um, So maybe you'll like that. I don't know. Reminds um, me of WW2. When America came to the rescue, when we saved the world with the help of Stalin killing millions of Germans. So maybe we should have one Russian gal in, in the U.S. Open just to tip our cap to those folks. So Speaking we got of this, the Russians, uh, uh, details on the whole, they had hundreds of Facebook uh, accounts that were uh, propagating false stories. We're going to deal with that during the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Pamela Falk of CBS is going to join us. We got this thing called a text line. You call, you dial up for 415-295-KFTC and you can text us. I mentioned I dropped my iPhone smashed my screens. First time I've ever done that. Um, and then I got that cracked screen look, which is kind of a low rent look, really. The, the, this text, the cracked phone screen is specifically a THOT problem. I hadn't heard that as a acronym that hoe over there. Ah, yeah. I, I was just introduced to that term by my daughter. What, what does that mean exactly? It's just, uh, how about th- how about thought? Thought. It's just code. That hoe over there? That hoe over there. Okay. Low, <laughs> low rent, man. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, my husband and I still calling Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Irma Gerd. So yeah, that is funny. <laughs> That's it's the lighter side of a death-dealing yeah, cataclysmic storm. Got a bunch of these. I'd never done it, and I think this is relatable to anybody. I think you've done it, right? The iPhone screen fix. There's a service that will come to you 
They bring Apple parts and don't charge much, or you can buy stuff on Amazon. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. I've never actually done it. So I, there's I've never had them. Here's the core of the apple. That, that, uh, <laughs> that's where the seeds are. And Plant this, that, get more. Needless to say, is the peel. Uh, there's a uh, cell phone store that they repair screens that I, know I that, yeah. use over by you've local community. Yeah, I've you, never had anybody come to me. And you've never done it yourself. You've never bought oh, the no. Amazon kit. It's supposed to be really easy. But, I believe it. Yeah. I, I, want, I ought to try it just to try it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a fix-it-myself guy. It sounds fun. I want to see the inner workings, what's going on in there. Ooh. The blood of Chinese children that they put in there. Wow. I assume wow. there's some. What? Huh? That was outrageous. It was outrageous. I'm going to send an angry email about that. Uh, I can no longer listen to your show. I was talking about eliminating all vices. I came across this idea. Well, it's been in the Bible for a couple thousand years, actually. Well, and the Buddha. Uh, the Bible! <laughs> Although he was eating a lot of something, the Buddha, very judging f- by the uh, <laughs> statues I've seen. Very few people eliminate everything they use as a vice. Uh, <laughs> the Buddha eliminated crunches, evidently. Please. <laughs> I'd have to get rid of a lot of magazines. There's no way the Buddha eliminated food as some sort of pleasure. Right. Just looking at him. Um, Jack, I gave up all my vices except drinking, taking drugs, chronic masturbation, overspending. I'm still bored S-less. Go figure. Wow. Uh, I have I'm a glad co- that you're getting my texts. I have a coworker that actually eliminated all vices, the most recent sugar. Now she's taking antidepressants. So. <laughs> That's not funny. It's terrible. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's what I wondered, because as I get closer to eliminating all vices, you start to think, what exactly am I looking forward to today? Anything? <laughs> I you mean, know the, what the I want? long pleasures of life I get, but they don't have that instant gratification thing going. Right. You know what I want? I want to be dead. <laughs> Would be my feeling. If I, I get nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing, none of the worldly pleasures. And I get, you know, the biblical slash Buddha. I get it. I, I do get it. I'm just not sure I want it. From what I understand, if you can make it through this, and it's supposed to be, they've known this for thousands of years, you eliminate all your vices, you go through a period of misery. Yes. But you come out the other side with this unbelievable happiness and contentment. I don't know how mm. long the period of misery sounds, lasts. Geez, sounds like, like, like a trick. Down. Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. What, at what point do you break down and have a drink or a cigarette or a pie or whatever, or sex or buy something? It seems to me uh, a lot like choosing the lowest fare on the old travel website and failing to notice that there are three connections and 19 hours of travel. But it's only 238 bucks. Right. Okay. Uh, and when do when do I arrive at uh, enlightenment? When's the scheduled arrival? Got mm. Delayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Again. Got this text. I just went through Taco Bell drive through, and the person behind the window chatted me up and asked me what I did for a living. I just want a taco for breakfast. I'm already ashamed. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I'm already ashamed. Right. You feel like you're renting a pornographic videotape or something, and the guy wants to engage you. So you live around here? Uh, just let me let me slink out of here, would you? I got a hooded sweatshirt on and sunglasses inside for a reason, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm eating at Taco Bell in the morning. Right. Pretend you don't see me. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? We want to break on time. We're going to talk to Congressman Tom McClintock, I believe. He's one of the fiscal hawks in Congress. I want to see what he thinks of this uh, debt deal. But Yes, Marshall? All right, Donald Trump tweeting about DACA again. Well, why? Well, that's got a lot of people buzzing. And oh, North boy. Korea, North Korea readying another bigger, stronger missile launch. And we've got more proof. Amazon is taking over the world. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. 
Trump's tweeting about Doc again because he saw something on cable news that made him mad. Probably. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. talk to Republican Congressman Tom McClintock coming up in a little bit. He was a member of the Freedom Caucus at one point. He left them because he thought they were too rigid. And because in politics you do have to give some to get something. That's just the way it works. From time immemorial. But, and he's one of the people that voted for the deal yesterday. Although once it got attached to hurricane relief, how do you vote against? I don't know. I don't know. Is there anybody that's ever going to hold the line we're getting our, our, our books balanced. That's what I wonder. We'll talk to him coming up. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, at this point, big evacuation going on. Florida Governor Rick Scott warning people, get going. Time is up. you got to move out of the way of the hurricane. If you're in the Keys and still home, leave and get out. We can't save you after the storm starts. Irma predicted to hit Florida this weekend, still over the Caribbean, packing 180 mile an hour winds. That's a pretty serious storm, and uh, but I, I was down in uh, Key West one time uh-huh. shortly after a hurricane, and there was a bunch of weird. Dr- I was drinking in a bar. This is shocking to you, I realize. But yes. I was in this bar talking to locals, and they were talking about how they they always tell us we're going to leave and we don't leave. You know, an old guys talking. To me, you know how many hurricanes I've lived through. Um, so there'll be a lot of a lot of people that don't leave. This could be different though. You just board everything up and hunker down, huh? Yeah. President Trump is tweeting about DACA this morning after House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi asked him to. A senior Democratic aide confirming the request to NBC News, Pelosi asking the president this morning to tweet to make clear that dreamers won't be subject to deportation while Congress works toward a legislative solution to DACA in the next six months. So the president tweeted, For all of those that are concerned about your status during the six-month period, you have nothing to worry about. No action! Exclamation point. Okay, so you got that. You got the going for the Pelosi-Schumer deal, the opening offer on the budget and the debt ceiling and the rest of it. We'll talk about that with Tom McClintock in a minute. I missed this. Wednesday... Trump was in North Dakota to pitch his tax cut plan and brought up with uh, with him on stage at an oil refinery Senator Heidi Heitkamp, who's a Democrat facing a tough re-election in a Republican state that Trump carried by 36 points. And he brought her up with him, declared her a good woman, and the rest of it. This is the Democrat who's got a tough re-election battle. And the Republican Party's melting down over this. They can't believe it. Uh, so here's my question to yeah. y'all. Anybody who said this... Facebooked it, tweeted it, anything. Is Trump still Hitler? Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Good question. South Korea... I'm not a fan of Hitler. South Korea expects North Korea to launch another intercontinental ballistic missile this weekend. South Korea's prime minister saying today his country's military experts think the North will fire off an ICBM on Saturday. A successful launch would take the missile on a longer flight than the earlier ICBM launches. Oh, and I, they're torn between shooting it out of the sky to send a message mm-hmm. to Fathead, but we don't want to show our technological hand to China or, and Russia. Or show that we can't shoot it out of the sky. Swing and a miss. miss! Which could easily happen. And then that's 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 tough. That's, that's, a, that's a bad look. We try to shoot yeah. it down and miss... Yipes! Little Colin Kaepernick pass. Not even clear who he was throwing at. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Amazon is looking to open a second headquarters in North America. The Seattle-based online retail giants focusing on cities with more than a million people. That's where they're thinking about locating. Check. CEO Jeff Bezos issuing a statement telling communities to think creatively if they'd like to play host. The second headquarters not going to replace the Seattle HQ. It'll serve as a complete operation. The you new- can't have two headquarters. Well, that's, that means you got two heads. It's unnatural. Like I have two best friends. No, you don't. One of them you like more than the other. Let's, right. Let's clearly. jump past the weirdness of having two headquarters. Yeah. It's going to be a $5 billion building yes. with 50,000 good-paying jobs. Yes. Well, what do they mean cities should think creatively? Like let herd of buffaloes run wild through the streets or paint the entire city blue or what? Or perhaps What's he talking give about? us land, he's, perhaps tax breaks? Yeah, he's saying uh, yeah. no no taxes on us for the next 50 years or right. something like that. Rename right. Chicago Amazonia? What? <laughs> Which the math on that still might work out. I mean, that'd be a heck of a thing to have that come to your city. That transforms your city immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wherever you are. Yeah, if you've not been to the Amazon neighborhood of Seattle, it's amazing. First time I was ever there, uh, somebody said, now, over there, uh, Amazon has, uh, that's that's where Amazon's doing their thing. Yeah. And I said, which building? And they said, no, all of them. They pointed <laughs> it like a block. Yeah. I mean, it was an astounding amount of space, and wow. And one last note, are you ready for some football, NFL football's regular season kicks off tonight? Chiefs at the Patriots. Mistake, one of the many mistakes they've made over recent years that have caused declining viewing, I believe. What's that? Kicking off the season on Thursday nights. The just, Thursday just, night games in general were yeah. a neat thing yeah. at the start, yeah. but yeah, eventually yeah. it just, it, it, I think it did more harm than good Players to, to don't brand. like it, the fans don't really like it, according to ratings, it's just a bad idea. Chiefs, the Patriots, 5.30 p.m. West Coast. It's going to be a good game, though. Man, I want to give up the NFL. I am, I'm not a junkie for a lot, but I am a football junkie. I want to quit. I want to stop watching. It's a vice you don't want to let go of. But yeah, but then I hear Chiefs-Pats. I think, wow, great game. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Does Tom Brady still play for the uh, Patriots? Oh, yeah. Yes, pretty as ever. So do we have Tom McClintock? Yes. Now, he's a fiscal hawk. Uh, I don't know if he's going to bring the uh, concern over this or if he's going to try to come up with a clever way of saying why this was a good thing to vote for. I have no idea which. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Just saw Giselle Bunchen on the Today Show, Tom Brady's old lady, talking to a supermodel about the NFL season. Good stuff. There you go. <laughs> the hell is that it's oh my it's my view there's no such thing as a republican party there's a bunch of people who fly under the republican flag to get elected but there's certainly no like uh platform of we need to be fiscally conservative that i think a lot of people buy into when they think of republican don't you think it's more a loose affiliation it's being like being a deadhead you just i don't know what it is anymore tom mcclintock uh representative for california's fourth congressional district since 2009 joins us. Uh, Tom, as I recall, is a Republican. How are you, sir? I'm just fine, and I can help you out on all of this. Is the Rosetta Stone of American politics. Once you understand this, all of the mysteries of American politics fall into precise mathematical order. I wish we'd booked you earlier in the show. Go ahead, <laughs> please. <laughs> Evans said, there are two parties in this country. There is the evil party and the stupid party. And I've never had to explain the difference to anyone. <laughs> And so, as a member of uh, currently the stupid party, what what went down yesterday? 
Well, what went down was the president capitulated to the actual leader of Congress, who is Chuck Schumer. You might ask, how could the actual leader of Congress be Chuck Schumer when he is the Senate minority leader? And the answer to that gets back to the stupid party. Senate Republicans have chosen not to reform their closure rule. Now, closure is the, the Senate motion to conclude debate. It's, it's based on a sound parliamentary principle. As long as a significant minority, which is currently 40 Senate members, want to continue to debate, the debate ought to continue. That makes perfect sense. But it assumes that's an actual debate between real people regarding the merits of the subject that's directly at hand. What clo- that's not what closure is today. Closure has now become a process any senator can block virtually any bill simply by filing a protest at the desk. And until 60 of the 100 senators agree to take up the bill, it can't be heard. So a motion that originated out of the need to protect debate has now degenerated into a motion that very effectively prevents debate. And the practical side of that is it hands practical control of the Senate to the Democratic minority, which can effectively veto any proposal by the majority. This is not an act of God imposed upon the Senate. This is a deliberate choice by the Senate Republicans not to reform their closure rule. It's made the Senate dysfunctional with it, the Congress, and it's given operational control to Chuck Schumer. So why are we that surprised the president's going to turn to Chuck Schumer to work a deal? Wow. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're fired up about this because I felt like there was there was a death in the family yesterday when this all went down because it just it just seems to me that so there's there's just really not enough of a constituency out there that cares that we're spending ourselves into oblivion to even be worried about it anymore i mean i'm just there's so few of us out there why do i even care anymore well it it is coming fast now the congressional budget office tells us that within four years time we're going to be running trillion dollar annual deficits now what that means is that sets the stage for a sovereign debt crisis is what economists are warning us We are then running the risk of actually losing access to the credit market. If you want to know what that looks like in real life, Venezuela is going through it right now. Within our own territory, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico is going through that right now. Two years after that, of uh, our interest costs, just renting the money that we've already... GE Appliances with It Can Do... I'm sorry, Tom. ...is going to um, uh, exceed what we're currently spending on our entire military establishment. You cannot provide for the common defense or promote the general welfare if you cannot afford it. And the debt that we're now running up is starting to actually risk a situation where we can't afford it. Well, I'm a bad American because I think I've already despaired. When the chairman of the Joint Chiefs a few years back said, listen, the greatest threat we face, bar none, is our national debt. And everybody, you know, rolled their eyes and moved on. I just And that was $5 trillion of debt ago. Oh, my God. Good was Lord. it really? And, and, and by the way, we throw around these numbers all the time. And, and Arthur Laffer calls them MEGO numbers, M-E-G-O, my eyes glaze over. Uh, let me put it in real-life numbers. When we run up a trillion dollars of debt in a year, what we've actually done is to add $8,000 to the credit card of every average uh, American. If you're an average family paying average taxes, a trillion dollars equals about $8,000 out of your family's budget. And this is not a theoretical exercise. You are actually required to pay back that $8,000 of debt that we ran up in a year uh, before you can pay back your credit card, and the, and the IRS is, can become very insistent that you do that. Uh, so it's it's real money. It's real money you have to pay back. Uh, and we've now assembled a, a a total debt of over twenty trillion dollars. Well, the the president signed on to the Democrats' opening offer. He, he didn't even negotiate. He just went with their opening offer. But the Republican plan was to 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 no strings attached. Eighteen months, if I understand it correctly. 
So why, when you've got the biggest majority you've got in 100 years as Republicans, why isn't now the time to deal with these problems? Well, it gets right back to closure. As long as there's a uh, debt vote, it can be blocked by the Senate minority, and they can demand whatever toll of, uh, they think the market can bear. Of uh, It comes right back to the stupid party's decision not to reform its closure rule and, and take operational control of the Senate, which is what the American people uh, uh, decided in the last election. Tom McClintock uh, represents California's 4th Congressional District. Tom, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's bitterly, bitterly ironic that so many young people are seduced by the, the Santa Claus fantasy of big government, because if they actually understood what our generations are doing to them, they would storm the Capitol. Yeah, you bet they would. Yeah, it's just crazy. Just absolutely insane. So uh, what's, your, what's your quick take on the uh, the current POTUS? Uh, is, is, is Donald Trump careening from thing to thing to punish Paul Ryan because he's mad at him or Mitch McConnell? Does he have a plan? What's going on? Well, first of all, he has no political experience. That was actually an asset to him during the uh, during the election, I think. But it also came with a lot of drawbacks. One of them is, you know, he's making the same mistakes in the most powerful office in the world that the rest of us politicians make during our first term in the legislature or on the city council when nobody's paying much attention. We learn from those mistakes. We move on. He's having to make those mistakes in the presidency in front of God and everybody. Uh, so, but but I do think he's learning from them. I'm I'm disturbed by this capitulation to to Schumer, but. But I understand it. It is it is directly related to the Senate Republicans' atrocious judgment not to take control of their own house. Yeah, well, explain that. So why doesn't the Senate want to do, deal with that? I, I can't explain stupid. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> I don't there's your quote it. of the and day. There's no fixing it. <laughs> That's what makes the news. I can't explain stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it? Well, okay. Well, I, I guess Dirk, it's Dirksen, Senator Dirksen though once said, "When they feel the heat, they see the light." It, uh, and I, I just gave a speech on the House floor a few few minutes ago uh, on this point. The the House has been complicit in this because we have wrapped ourselves around the axle trying to to get legislation that can bypass the closure rule. That's how that's how Obamacare got all botched up. Instead of putting a clean bill that did everything we've been promising the American people, we decided to use a budget process called reconciliation that is completely unsuitable to a complex policy uh, reform. So we ended up with this tangled, mangled mess that fell way short of what we'd promised the American people and that ultimately couldn't even get a simple majority in the in the Senate. Um, uh, we've got to stop covering for the bad decisions of the uh, of the Senate Republicans. The House is responsible for exercising its best judgment. We should do that through regular order. Stop trying to go around the closure rule and simply pass good legislation over to the Senate. I think the pressure would build on the Senate then um, to ultimately conform uh, reform its closure rule. They've already done that, by the way, on uh, on the Supreme Court nomination of Neil Gorsuch. That's how Neil Gorsuch got confirmed. Senate Republicans finally, for a brief shining moment overcame their their uh, bout with stupidity uh, and reformed the uh, the rule as it applies to Supreme Court uh, nominations. Why the in the world they won't come to the same conclusion for legislation that's absolutely vital to the American people right. uh, is utterly beyond me. We're down to 30 th- seconds. I just want to point out to folks who are not familiar with this, the whole cloture thing was was it came from a time, a more gentlemanly time, where some, no senator would ever willfully just obstruct something by using that rule. That would be so terrible a thing. Their, their reputation well, would be ruined, but times well, no, have no, changed. They- 
they, they did that, but they, it, it was hard to do because you actually had to stand at your desk and talk until you dropped. You don't right. have to do that anymore. You can phone it in by simply filing a protest at the desk. Ridiculous. Tom McClintock of Fort District, California. Tom, uh, always good to talk. Keep fighting a good fight. Thanks, guys. All right. Not a lot of hope to take from that, though. What do you he, mean, not a lot? There he wasn't re- any. He repeatedly <laughs> called his party stupid. <laughs> why we love them oh god oh that is something else wow wow you're listening to the armstrong and getty show